It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Coming to you from Studio 31 at City National Arena. It's a big day around the office today as we gather around and uh, get into nighttime at noon on Nighttime Plus and Fox Sports Las Vegas and all of the VGK social media channels. Darren Millard along with... Brian McCormick uh, from the Henderson Silver Knights, and I mentioned that it's a big day around here because the impossible has happened. Uh, both Brian and I have arrived here separately, and we were both in the sourest of moods today, and we were <laughs> going to collectively try to cheer each other up. Now, I'm used to this. Uh, I can tend to be a little bit moody from time to time, but I've never seen you in this kind of state before, so I'm really intrigued to uh, go through this journey with you today. Okay, I, I I could tell you were a little bit of a sour mood, but I never know why. That's the thing. I've seen you before, and I know how to cheer you up, but I, I never know why you are. So why are you uh, so crusty today? I just found out I was. Breaking news, folks. I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> because the Vegas Golden Knights are on this wonderful roll, and Henderson came off a, a beautiful, sparkling effort the other night. You should be uh, at the top of the mountain when it comes to hockey, and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will now finish off their pre-Christmas schedule with three games on the East Coast after a homestand that featured three of four wins and it was so successful it's got people so bothered that the other teams are firing their coaches uh, this is yeah. breaking news the ottawa senators and it's funny this happened i should get the news out of the way first uh, ottawa senators have relieved dj smith of his duties behind the bench uh, of the eastern conference squad uh, replacing him with jacques martin on an interim yep. basis and daniel alfredson will go behind the bench uh, as an assistant coach but this happened a few years ago where it felt like uh, teams that were struggling would play Vegas, and then all of a sudden there'd be a coaching change uh, made. Uh, Mike Babcock was uh, probably the most significant of that with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, it's a little bit surprising that Ottawa goes down this path because they play the fewest games in the National Hockey League, and they haven't really had a chance to get into much of a rhythm. They've got a new owner in place uh, who promised to be patient. Uh, they don't have a true general manager right now. They have an acting general manager. Uh, in place uh so i i'm usually you hire the general manager and then the general manager makes the decision on the coach but that uh hasn't played out the way we expected no darren you know sometimes i feel like there's there's little tremors you mm -hmm. can see in the water before things like this happen first of all this is the third relieving of duties that we've seen in the last month i believe dean evison in minnesota craig Bruby in st louis and now dj smith maybe i'm overlooking four uh, Remind me. Yeah, uh, four. So uh, you've got Edmonton. Of course. Jay Thank you, Jay Woodcroft. Yeah. Very good with uh, with Chris Knobloch. So, you know, I, I kind of almost think, because it always feels like it's around this time of year as well. And as you mentioned, teams that think they can get a little bit of a bump if they're right there in the thick of things and you have push over the edge. Look at what St. Louis has done under Drew Bannister. Look at what the change in Minnesota uh, has, has brought uh, with uh, John Hines. It, it seems like you do get that bump. But at the same time, I always think it's around this time of year where the adage of Thanksgiving, and around Thanksgiving you kind of are what you're you are a believer in that, right? Are. I am a believer in that. At the very least, that it's a time in the schedule or a time in the calendar where you can say, it's not early anymore. None of the results that you're seeing are a mirage of, oh, we just haven't figured our, got our legs under us yet, or guys are still getting to know one another. By Thanksgiving, you kind of are what you are. So a few weeks after Thanksgiving, if you are what you are and you're not happy with what you're seeing is a time to make a change. And, and if you you're look close at the, enough to get a bump, right? Yeah, and, and like I said, Tremors in the War, Jacques Martin was brought on as a, a coaching consultant earlier this month. Uh, and I think there was some, some press out this morning of just, just recognition that I think this was the fifth year 
for for DJ Smith. And yeah. you know, we talked about before the show, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, and Detroit has somewhat this year. We're supposed to take that step forward, and Ottawa just was wasn't quite doing it. So uh, last night was a, a great effort for the for the VGK. Um, and you know, when Bruce Cassidy talked in his post game remarks, he he was making mention of you know they've got. Incredible talent. They've got lots of skill. Scoring isn't a problem. No. You know, defensively seems to be where they're having issues. And, I mean, just how many of the goals last night of the six came off of odd man rushes? I feel like it was four, three, four. It just seemed like a team that was kind of spread out and that the talent isn't living up systematically to what they're capable of. Well, a lot there to unpack. Uh, let's start with the uh, defensive structure. They aren't as tight as they need to be, uh, the yeah. Ottawa Senators. And then you get into goaltending. It hasn't been anywhere close to being at a National Hockey League level, and you saw that last night uh, with Corpus Allo. And disappointing for them because uh, Corpus Allo was such a trade deadline facet last spring. That well, should have been a big solution for them when they brought him in. There's something strange there because they had Anton Forsberg, yeah. and they let him go, uh, and he's now in Minnesota, and he's the number one guy. And uh, it, I'll, I'll explain later in the show because there's a big decision with Forsberg starting in a game that uh, should go to Marc-Andre Fleury. And that's how much they want uh, Forsberg to get uh, on the right track and, and turn that team around. So he was in Ottawa. He goes and has found a home and has produced very well in Minnesota. Cam Talbot was in Ottawa last year. They let him go. He's now uh, producing some of the best numbers in the National Hockey in a very goalie-friendly environment in the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, everybody in Ottawa uh, seems to struggle when it comes to goaltending. So I think that's, uh, that's an issue that they have to get their heads around. The other part is uh, just uh, on, on the subject of uh, uh, a bump and expectations. Uh, this is a team that was with Detroit, was with uh, uh, the Buffalo Sabres, uh, but all three teams right now are outside of the playoff picture. Yeah. Nobody's far out playing anybody else. The, the idea of, I think some of this has to do with market. Uh, place uh, as well and expectations and uh, where they are in their development and I, I'm I'm personally not surprised that they went down this path given that there is new ownership and Steve Steos is in as the acting general manager now uh, after they're being relieved uh, relieving Pierre Dorian of, of his uh, his role and they brought in Jacques Martin as the coaching consultant a couple of years ago Jacques Martin uh, is a longtime National Hockey League uh, head coach uh, prom- primarily with Ottawa also coached uh, uh, Florida, uh, was an assistant with Pittsburgh during their recent Stanley Cup run. Uh, that that had red flags if you're DJ Smith written all yeah. over it, that uh, that he was there if, if anything happened. They've lost four in a row, and uh, they're not going in a, in a good run. They're last place in the Eastern Conference uh, right now, played the fewest games. It's skewed. I'll admit that. Uh, when you when you play the fewest games, it's the fewest opportunity to get points. But they're they're because of this four game losing streak, they're four games under five hundred, and they're twelve points out of a playoff spot, and they need to turn it around fast. I was one thing interesting, of course, uh, the NHL and the Ottawa market. They know Jacques Martin, yeah, and very very accomplished, and a, and a hockey man who is the kind of guy who can go in and fix things quickly. But interestingly enough, in my mind, he's much more recent as a head coach than than he is provided that uh, it's been a while he's been an assistant in uh, pittsburgh i think the last time he was behind an nhl bench was at the rangers he was an assistant 2021 so not not long ago but i don't think he's been a head coach since 2012 yep i think and it doesn't it doesn't feel that that far back but this is like putting on a sweater for the oh, ottawa yeah. center it's just yeah much like your sweater today Festive that uh, we'll get into in just a little bit. But they, the other teams that have fired coaches this year made coaching changes. Uh, St. Louis Blues are a point out of a playoff spot right now. 
they're right there, but they're still out. Uh, that's more recent. Minnesota is four points out of a playoff spot. Uh, that's kind of leveled off a little bit in, in their uh, turnaround. And the Edmonton Oilers are five points out of, out of a playoff spot. So uh, every team that's made a coaching change is still out of a playoff True, spot. but these things don't happen overnight. Yeah. You can certainly say that after the coaching change at Edmonton, Connor McDavid started putting up more Connor McDavid-esque mm-hmm. numbers. The Blues have won both games since Drew Bannister took over. The Wild have won seven of their last ten. So, again, it's it's a reason why it's so hard to climb when there's uh, you know a, th- a three-point league, if you will. But they're playing better hockey, and they've given themselves, again, maximum runway. It's why it may seem premature or it may seem early in the season to make something drastic, but it's because you know it might take until March for you to be able to, A, make the climb back you need, or, B, demonstrate that you – have corrected the issues you have that at the trade deadline you're looking to add rather than subtract. Six teams outside the playoff picture. The first six teams in the Eastern Conference are all within five points of a playoff yeah. spot. Like it is jammed in the Eastern Conference. And in the West, it's a, it's a similar situation. St. Louis is a point out. Calgary is is three points out. Uh, Minnesota is four points out. Uh, you go to Seattle uh, is, is four points out. So, so you've got, uh, you've got uh, five, six teams that are within um, – five teams within five points of a playoff spot in in the West. That parity puts even more pressure on coaches uh, to to win and produce right now or else they're going to find somebody who's going to be able to give them that little bit of a bump. And if if St. Louis gets any type of bump, they're going to be in a playoff spot. The only reason they really aren't right now is because Arizona's won a couple of games and Nashville's won a couple of games. And that's where the question is, again, are we underachieving and outside the bubble, or are we competitive and young and growing and outside the bubble? Again, you mentioned Detroit right now, not in the playoff spot, but they're a 15-win team. Mm. They, at the very least, are one of those teams that should feel good about what they're doing. I think they're they're 500 over the last 10, so you know a little bit of an evening off, but the, but they're right in the mix and should feel good about the young players that they have who are part of their future on upward trajectory. Right now, I think Ottawa is looking for that little bit of a, a kick in the wallet, and uh, we'll see if they get it. Well, Detroit's played up to expectations. Yes. Buffalo has not. Has not. Better uh, of late, but has not. If if you're Don Granado, you're worried. There's some uneasiness. Yeah. Coaches will say they just uh, work on that day and get their team prepared, but uh, uh, privately, there's some uneasiness. Uh, the the uh, Seattle Kraken and Dave Haxtell, you're you're a little worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have not played up to expectations uh, after a hundred point season uh, last year. Those uh, those are the two that I would keep a close eye on right now. If there's going to be another change, and Pittsburgh, I I know that they've said all the right things with Mike Sullivan, but I just wonder whether or not they will get to a point where they feel like they have to shuffle things around a little bit there after the acquisition of Eric Carlson to put them in in a better spot to challenge for a playoff spot. It's, it's fine. I love Craig Berube. I think he's a fantastic coach. I had this conversation with somebody in the hockey department uh, the other day. I won't mention who because I, I didn't get permission to uh, use their name. But Craig Berube is let go. Fantastic hockey man. Incredible motivator. Mike Sullivan is having trouble gaining traction with the Pittsburgh Penguins after a what has been a uh, just spectacular run in, in Pittsburgh. Those two organizations could easily just swap those two gentlemen, mm. and I think that you would get great 
production out of both sides. Uh, and, and Drew Bannister's the interim coach in 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 uh, St. Louis. But if you put Mike Sullivan in there, I think that you would you would get an unbelievable uh, production. New new voice, uh, great hockey mind, champion. And if you put uh, Craig Berube over in Pittsburgh, I think you would get a very similar bump, um, fresh uh, outlook, uh, not a big uh, just dial in X and O's guy, but a just a, a guy that you would follow through a brick wall. I would go through the brick wall after him because there'd be a, a good sized opening there because he's he's a strong shouldered man. Uh, but uh, but I, I think that uh, that you would get a, a big movement there. So uh, two good hockey men, both struggling in their environment. One was let go. One is still uh, struggling to gain traction. But uh, but I think that there's still places. I think Bruby's back in the league by the end of the year. Oh, I, I don't think he's going to be looking for work very long. No. And, you know, what's interesting is that the success he had in St. Louis in 2019, that was a team that caught fire at the end, but that was a team that really had a, a really strong veteran presence. Mm-hmm. And it feels like where his impact started to wane over the years in St. Louis was where those veterans started filtering out of the room. Uh, and, of course, the uh, – the Jordan Cairo exchange was very interesting. The first game after Craig Berube was let go, and the response that the fans had to yeah. Jordan Cairo essentially uh, pleading the fifth on his relationship with Craig Berube, saying, "Hey, he's not my coach anymore." I don't know if that came across the way Jordan Cairo meant for it to come across, but it it kind of to me demonstrates to your Pittsburgh point, really for anywhere, you put Craig Berube into a veteran room of experienced players who look for a, a leader to tie it all together. I think he's going to do well in any setting like that. You get tired of playing for the same person or being taught by the same person. That's that's a reality of it. Thank goodness people don't get tired of the same broadcaster over the years. That, they tell we, us. we become <laughs> comfort food, right? Uh, we just but, get tired uh, of each other, but that's why we just come up with true. new stories. And we're, we're not tired of each other today. We're tired of ourselves somehow. Uh, I don't know what well, – at least that's, that's where my – uh, angle is coming into today. Why I'm cranky? Uh, I don't know why you're in a sour mood. Lack You'll of sleep. Have, lack of sleep. Yeah. Well, we just you said it was a great road trip. Yeah. But we got back from San Diego with the Silver Knights uh, over the weekend. Three game winning streak for the Silver Knights, which is great. But you come back. It's it's Christmas time. It's a stressful time for everybody. Happy time, but stressful time. Um, but uh, yeah, we got we got back uh, Sunday morning at three thirty uh, a.m. Uh, and I'm just I'm, I'm recovering. I don't bounce back like I no, used to. I was t- I was t- actually texting with okay. Ryan Craig uh, on the bus uh, <laughs> when you guys were on your way back, and he said four more hours to go. I'm thinking, how many hours has he spent listening to the hum of a, of a diesel engine going right. down the road on a highway as a westerly guy? I, I will say this: this time of year, again, it's 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 a wonderful time of year. But between family, you <laughs> keep mentioning there's that, a lot going and then on. there's some butts. There's a lot going on, and uh, that's why this is an excellent time of year to spend two or three days in San Diego. It's like, <laughs> I may look like I'm hurting to you, but this is the most refreshed I've ever been in mid-December. We're going to get into the VGK side of it as they launch a three-game road trip to, to finish off the pre-Christmas schedule. And, uh, boy, have they been on a run. But there's some news uh, regarding uh, just a recap with the goaltending front from yesterday. Uh, nothing breaking. So we we haven't buried the lead here. There's nothing that uh, is strongly developed that uh, that we put in the side burner. Uh, but first, VGK Holiday Packs feature tickets to three games and a player bobblehead starting at $299. Get the Jack Pack or the Captain Pack and bring home the beautiful bobbleheads you can see on our streams right now. Look at that. Uh, available exclusively through this offer. Give the gift of holiday cheer this season by visiting VegasGoldenKnights.com for more information. Back with Brian McCormick talking about the Vegas Golden Knights next on Nighttime at Noon. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
want to tell you about the Foley Food and Wine Society. It was created to celebrate three of Bill and Carol Foley's greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and magnificent travel destinations. Members of the society will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the world and have exclusive opportunities to join like-minded individuals who seek experience for the finer things in life. Join for free today by visiting foleyfoodandwinesociety.com. A correction uh, from the earlier segment, uh, I was uh, talking about uh, Anton Forsberg. I meant to say, I get my Swedes mixed up sometimes. Uh, Philip Gustafson, you should have corrected me live on the air, but you let me go with it. I've never corrected you before and been right, so I didn't want to do it then. That just didn't seem like the right time to... Thank you for pointing out that uh, that I was on the wrong track. I hand over the show to you now, my good friend. With failing hands, (laughs) I pass the torch. Well, that's what commercials are for. You know, let's talk about last night because for the... Golden Knights, it's now, I want to say, five wins in the last six, points in ten of the last 11, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, and, you know, last night, after a bit of a slow start, uh, falling behind 2-1 to Ottawa, and, of course, the Aiden Hill storyline, which we'll talk about a little bit as well, uh, I thought the, the Golden Knights did a really good job of, of getting their legs back underneath them again. The uh, Jonathan Marcheseau goal resets the game a little bit in the first period, and the second period took over entirely. You were helped out by some questionable goaltending, like the Marshall shot. That's got to be stopped. On a National Hockey League goaltender, has to be uh, intercepted on the way to the back of the net. So that's one part that that helps the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but I, I think it comes down to, quite honestly, uh, an organization with beautiful structure that they can lean on and an organization that is coming up and developing with a lot of talented players but has yet to establish that kind of base that they can rely on in a challenging situation. Facing the Stanley Cup champions is a challenging position for the Ottawa Senators last night, and uh, they didn't have that base to be able to uh, lean on, and it uh, it played out in the, the score, which was 6-3, but uh, with, with a late goal, it was really 6-2. And, and that was with Vegas going through uh, a a real uh, sense of adversity with their goaltending. And they were still the better team throughout the entire uh, night. You know, one thing that stands out to me, whether it's bad pinches, uh, or last night I think it was was a really good example of when you hear, sometimes you hear coaches use buzzwords, and usually you know what they mean, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you want to see it in action. Players, uh, you know, we were really connected. We were connected through the neutral zone. Last night with Ottawa was a perfect example of a team that's not. And the Ben Hutton, it's a power play, but nonetheless, the Ben Hutton stretch pass to Nick Waugh, which is right through a, a maze of, of three white jerseys to send him in on a breakaway. Jack Eichel's two-on-one to start the game. I mean, there were a lot of odd man rushes, and it wasn't a wacky carom or anything of that nature. It was the centers being beat by a pass, a good pass, but beat by one pass to spring odd man rushes. We saw it a lot, and the Golden Knights took advantage of those odd man rushes. Uh, remind me to get back to the Nick Waugh play. Yes. Uh, that uh, that he scored on from from Ben Hutton because there's a bit of a trend that has developed with the Vegas Golden Knights when it comes to these power play goals uh, as of late. Uh, on the goaltending front, Aiden Hill comes back after missing the last seven. He plays six minutes and 25 seconds and uh, leaves the game with an injury. Uh, and we still don't know the extent and uh, what kind of uh, report that the Vegas Golden Knights have had, but Logan Thompson goes uh, straight in. And uh, Vegas did an, a really good job. I think they were there's some wobbliness there right after Aiden left. Like they they were 
stunned or yep. shocked or taken aback watching their n- number one goaltender leave after six minutes after being out for seven games. That's That's got to uh, knock you off your heels. And Especially Ottawa, of the lift you get from it, seeing him come back. Exactly. So you, you allow a, a power play goal right away, uh, and and that, uh, that just puts you on your heels. They did a good job recovering from that. They, I thought they were spectacular in the second period in taking any pressure off Logan Thompson, uh, who came into the game. Uh, and taking any pressure off them defensively uh, at, at all, and and were really really conscious uh, the entire game. So that part of it, and then the third period, Logan tweaked something, or was bothered by something yeah. with with a high tip, and uh, he stretches to his left, and it looked like uh, his his right leg, in and we can look and we can see him working his knee and bending his knee so the the idea that it's a quad or a knee or something like uh, go down the list uh it's it's easy to to try to get dialed in on what he hurt but uh it's important to to i think acknowledge that logan thompson uh, he he had to grind through that game in the third period last night and good on him for that and teammates were checking on him throughout the game he was over talking to mike muir uh therapist uh during tv timeouts that uh that was a, 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 you talk about gumption, yeah. like that. That showed some gumption by Logan Thompson. I'm not sure, and this is purely speculative. Uh, but if there's a National Hockey League backup there last night, does Logan Thompson finish the game? I don't know. But you think about it, yeah. That, that he had to get through that, and and because the e bug was the backup after Aiden Hill left, and uh, that that was uh, that was a strong statement by by Logan Thompson to fight through things. And I think for Logan Thompson, and you've known him as long as I've known him, but even in a working capacity in the locker room, I had him for a season and a half in Henderson. You've had him just as long. The the first word you would always hear uh, Manny Viveros at the time say for the HSK just competitor. Mm-hmm. battler every puck in practice he wants to stop and with that mentality for a player who had such injury challenges last season now the crease is has been his he's played so much over the last several weeks which i think also helps of course anyone getting thrown in six minutes into a game when uh, i'm sure he had a, a workout that morning as the presumptive backup it's a, it's a difficult circumstance to get tossed in it's going to take you a little while to get your legs underneath you but once he got settled he was logan thompson he was very strong so the amount of work he's have late i'm sure was helpful last night, but then to have something bothering him in the latter stages, I think it's him knowing his team needs him to push through and finish this game. That's absolutely an element of it. And also knowing that last spring he wasn't able to contribute probably as much as he would have liked to have, and now this is an area where he's really being called upon to, to shoulder that load. So, again, in a regular circumstance, if there's a backup to go to, you don't know. Played well, finished the game, and it is worth saying that after the game, Bruce Cassidy made the distinction of saying, uh, again, not knowing, you know, everyone's going to be evaluated. But he said Logan's walking around the locker room. Chipper. He, was, it, it, he was more positive yes. than I was expecting. Given Versus that coaches Hill. don't yeah. usually get the the medical report and are are pretty coy yeah. with what they say after a game when it comes to an injury. Uh, it, it was encouraging. It, it was optimistic. Versus the distinction with Aiden Hill, he says, "Well, you know, we'll find out. We don't know yet, and we still don't know." Uh, but you know, when a player leaves the game, doesn't come back. Usually, not a good sign. So he did make that distinction that Logan Thompson was on his feet, walking around the room, and seemed upbeat. So Vegas goes on a three-game road trip this week. 
to finish off the pre-Christmas schedule. The transaction has taken place. Uh, Aiden Hill uh, is not on the uh, trip, mm-hmm. uh, but Yuri Patera has been recalled. So it would lead you to believe that it's Logan Thompson and Yuri Patera. Encouraging in the sense that there wasn't two players recalled from a goaltending yeah. standpoint. I know Jonas Rombierk was also recalled, which you would normally do when you're going out east uh, on, on a multi-game road trip. Uh, that is uh, certainly a uh, an, uh, just a safety. A standard precaution. Precaution. Uh, but the fact that Vegas didn't recall a couple of goaltenders leads you to believe that things are as positive as they seemed last night uh, after the game uh, continued to be so this morning with Logan Thompson. And I think worth noting, too, because uh, Bruce Cassie alluded to it a little bit last night after the game, that while you never want to be in this circumstance of, of having to, to count healthy bodies and see who you have at your disposal, uh, the Golden Knights scenario for that conundrum got better in the last couple of weeks in that the Golden Knights got, uh, or the Silver Knights, got Isaiah Seville back. Isaiah Seville, who had been recovering from his own lower body injury since the middle of the summer. Uh, he's come back. He's played the last three games. He's won all three. He's given up four goals across those uh, three, five goals across those three games. He's been really, really good. So, again, luckily they didn't have to call up two bodies. But if we were looking two weeks ago, you would have uh, when Yuri Patera was called up, it was Jordan Paperni on AHL deal brought up from Savannah. Uh, and then David Tendek was with the team for a little bit on a, on a PTO. Right now, Jesper Weichmann is still recovering from a lower body injury. So, you know, organizationally, depth chart-wise, there have been a couple of guys who are a little bit banged up right now. So having Isaiah Seville back in the mix and playing very, very well is good for the VGK and that overall depth conversation should they find themselves in that circumstance in the next few days. Just a bit of clarification for people who, because there were some questions last night regarding the structure of what Vegas was able to do when Aiden Hill went out. We'll explain that on the other side. Uh, plus, we'll get into that wonderful sweater that you're wearing today and uh, what that uh, connects to later on this week with the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, Golden Knight fans, you can't get enough hockey. Come check out the Henderson Silver Knights at the American Hockey League, a level at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson Single Game Group and mini sweet tickets for home games for the entire season on sale now at Henderson Silver Knights Ticketing at 702-645-4259 or visit hendersonsilvernights.com to learn a whole bunch more. We've got uh, the story about the Henderson Silver Knights sweater and the backstory on how things worked out last night when Aiden Hill left, just the structure of who was backing up when Logan Thompson was forced to go in. It's the VGK. Uh, that's nighttime at noon, not the VGK Insider Show. It that is comes, nighttime at noon. That comes at uh, 4 o'clock. You don't VGK have me on Insider that show. show. No. Why, why don't you come on that show more? <laughs> you should. I'm, I'm wide open from 4 to 6. Really? Yeah. Will you, will you be crusty still? Yes. Good. Yes, I will. Because I would only want you back if you're a crusty. It's part of my brand. I'm too happy around We have enough happy people around here. We need a curmudgeon. I've decided to take on that banner myself. Nighttime at noon <laughs> continues on Nighttime Plus and Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I want to tell you about what happened and walk you through what happened last night uh, from the goaltending front. This is purely... Uh, a structure uh, exercise. Aiden Hill starts. He leaves the game with injury. Logan Thompson comes in for the Vegas Golden Knights. The question was, because Yuri Patera had just been assigned to Henderson and is in the city, does Yuri Patera get the call or is he in the building 
does he back up, become the, the, the backup for Logan Thompson during that game? And uh, because it was, I heard it from multiple different people, I thought it was uh, maybe relevant to, to tell people exactly what happened. So Hill's gone. Thompson's in. Who's the backup? It can't be Yuri Patera. One, because he was assigned to Henderson, but because in professional sports, uh, professional hockey, you're only allowed to put two goaltenders on the game sheet. And after those two goaltenders, it goes to the e-bug. You have the option of having your own e-bug at every game, which nobody's going to do because they're not going to carry around a goaltender to be your own e-bug. So it's usually supplied by the home team in the rink, and that uh, person is the emergency backup goaltender for either team, should either team need it. So the first team to require uh, a third goaltender, that player goes through. So while Patera is in the city, he was not eligible to be the backup uh, last night because he wasn't on the game sheet. The e-bug became the next guy in line uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights last night should Logan Thompson have been forced to leave that game. And furthermore, you can't put Yuri Patera if you with the foresight to think, well, maybe we'll need a third one. If you put him down and it's the Senators who go through two goaltenders, then you have your contracted goaltender playing against you exactly. for the Ottawa Senators, which the Senators wouldn't want either. Yeah, yeah you can declare your own e-bug. Uh, Winter Classics, teams a lot of times, or outdoor games, will take their own e-bug right. with them. Uh, just uh, sometimes it's more of a reward sure. uh, for the player. You're bringing a big that, entourage yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. But uh, but thought, thought I'd just uh, run through that uh, a little bit. Have, uh, you, have you ever been listed on the official sheet as the e-bug? As the e-bug? No. I was close in the International Hockey League, which does not exist anymore, <laughs> which may be why. Uh, <laughs> there, there may be a correlation there that I was potentially a, a backup with the Las Vegas Thunder, actually. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't get their goaltender across the border. He was a Russian, didn't have a visa. Uh, so I was uh, tabbed to be, I practiced with them in Winnipeg. I was tabbed to be their backup that night behind Paris Duffus. But somebody uh, in the in the media in Winnipeg who was broadcasting the game, not my channel, complained to the to the team in the league because I was the other team's, uh, I was a competing broadcaster. Oh. They didn't want to have to say my name because I was at a different station. <laughs> so I got swashed. So so was this... You this... know who that was? Dreger. Darren Dreger did yeah, that to you? Yeah, yeah. And we're buddies. So wait, was this, was this again, a, uh, a fear of uh, your allegiances while serving, or was this a, a no, they didn't, they didn't want journalistic to... ethics? Yeah, they didn't want to be talking about the guy at a different channel. During their team's broadcast. That would have been the greatest promotional strategy yeah. a station's ever so, had. So uh, Channel 2, let's say Channel 2 had the broadcast. I was working for Channel 7, and I would have been the backup, and they would have had to talk about how I was the backup promoting Channel 7 on a Channel 2. I mean, you were probably on all the billboards anyway. Yeah, What's yeah, another was, couple of mentions in the broadcast? Billboards, back of vans. It was, a, it, was a, it was amazing. Seems like we're uh, bending over backwards to cause problems. That was as close as I, as I got. And then Paris Duffus got hurt like the third minute in. Stayed in the game, but I I was I was like, there's no way I would have been able to keep my food down if that would have happened. It might have been like the Logan Thompson situation last night. Paris Duffus was hurt three minutes yeah. in, but he wasn't coming out. That so I was destined to come to. <laughs> he come, knew they needed him. <laughs> I was destined to come and work in Vegas after that uh, close encounter with the Las Vegas Thunder. Uh, the sweater that you've got on, uh, yeah. which is wonderful with the Henderson Silver Knights, and it is. Some people call them jerseys. In Canada, we call uh, hockey uh, garb uh, sweaters. sweaters. Uh, but this this is a hockey sweater. 
Yes, this is an ugly sweater, sweater, if you will. This will be the Silver Knights theme jersey for Lucky Launch on Wednesday uh, when they take on, uh, for a streaming audience, let me stand, uh, sit up straight so you can see the, the detail. Uh, Brady Hackmeister's team, Austin Zima, took a lead on this as well. Uh, designed in-house, shoulder patch number one. Lucky Launch shoulder patch number two. I love that uh, shoulder patch. These will be worn on Wednesday for the uh, the Lucky Launch game against the Coachella Valley Firebirds at the Dollar Loan Center. If you're not familiar, I think by now many people are, but Lucky Launch is the uh, HSK teddy bear toss. So if you're coming down to the DLC on Wednesday night, bring as many stuffed animals as you can drag in with you. And when the Silver Knights score their first goal, throw them onto the ice. They'll be donated uh, to local charities. This fellow right here. Uh, local charities, hospitals, Toys for Tots, Salvation Army, m numerous benefactors uh, that will uh, help kids have a great Christmas uh, the next week uh, based on what they collect on Wednesday. So that'll be the lucky launch. Uh, and then this jersey, they'll be auctioning them off during the game on Wednesday night with the money going towards the HSK Foundation. And unfortunately, as you're seeing, if you're on our streaming audience, there's Jonas Romberg scoring the lucky launch goal last year. There have been two lucky launches. Jonas Romberg has scored both times. Uh, and that might be the biggest reason why he was called up to the VGK earlier today, Darren, is that they needed to give somebody else a turn. So uh, it, uh, barring something changing in the next 48 hours, it will be someone new this year. Uh, but a lot of fun on Wednesday and, of course, a uh, great cause during the Christmas season to make sure every little boy or girl has something under the tree. I feel bad uh, that we haven't allowed our friend here on the set with us to get a word in well, today. Well, <laughs> he should have known that when he came, when he showed up. Ted, um, Ted, by the way. Ted, yeah, well, Ted's also shy and, and a little, little crusty himself. <laughs> We've been telling him for the last two weeks, we're going to throw you in two days. He's a, <laughs> he's a bit rattled. If, if you <laughs> don't have time to go buy a stuffy, you, you can work with the Henderson Silver Knights uh, through a ticket package, right? Yep, yep. The Lucky Launch ticket pack is still on sale. Uh, and with that ticket pack, uh, you will get a ticket to the game and a bear to throw will come with it uh, as well. Shame on me. Up oh, there you go. $35 is the price point. It wasn't ready with that, but luckily our graphics team is. Uh, so you'll uh, be able to show up empty-handed and uh, we'll be ready to help you out. I'll tell you what, there is one fan... Uh, I think Ken Marshall is his name, I believe, season ticket holder, who works in the toy industry in some fashion and was so into the spirit of, of Lucky Launch, he's donated 10,000 bears to the cause on Wednesday. 10,000 from, from one person. So we're expecting a huge haul. But if you need some inspiration, uh, Ken Marshall is your inspiration. So we're looking forward to a really, uh, really great spectacle on Wednesday. And Ryan Craig was talking about it the other day. He says, well, first and foremost, just make sure you score. That's the most important thing. Uh, but once that's out of the way, it's, it's like any other hockey. There game. is pressure to score. Oh, there that, is. That, that night. Well, and especially because, again, the guy we know uh, can do it without breaking a sweat has been called yeah. up. So, so there's, there's a hero out there somewhere. We just don't know who he is yet. And uh, that game's on television? It's on, on Vegas Wednesday. 34. You and me, we're hanging out. We're, we're going to do that. Uh, that. That'll be good. We should be in much better moods by then. Uh, <laughs> and uh, providing everything goes smoothly because in the American Hockey League this weekend, there is a teddy bear toss. And what occurred was it was a close encounter, but it looked like the puck initially went in, but it was saved on the line by the visiting team. Everybody in the building thought the puck went in, and they did the teddy bear toss. And once, once two but or three as, fly, there's no stopping it. As play continued, the teddy bears rained down, and then obviously uh, the, the whistles went, and everything uh, went out. I was surprised that it, the, the teddy bears continued to dominate the, the ice, even though it was obvious that the, the puck actually didn't go in.
I, I, again, I think that that's the the toothpaste you can't put back in the tube. Once yeah. you're three or four out there and it gets going, it's better just to get over with. Where where did that happen? Uh, I knew you were going to say that Kalamazoo was involved in the game. Okay, ECHL then. Oh, was it? Okay, ECHL. Kalamazoo, ECHL, and, and uh, was it? Were they in Indy? Maybe or it, it was. It was Thank Indy. you. How do you know this stuff if you don't know it? I'm always vaguely aware of some things. Like it's my story. I know nothing about the particulars other than the teddy bear were prematurely tossed on the ice, and then you backtrack and fill in all the blanks. I was just going to go through the whole division. We just we saved a lot of time. But if you can't join us at the game, we encourage you to watch on Vegas 34. We'll be hanging out, and you can just throw your teddy bears at the TV. Uh, that uh, <laughs> In the spirit of the thing. Retro Radio. Like it, it is kind of a, a cute little teddy bear. They've been on my desk all week. I've enjoyed it. Are you surprised just, it's just a cute teddy bear? Out. How many ugly teddy bears have you encountered? Well, it's a cute teddy bear, but I'm thinking about throwing them on the ice, and just uh, I, I, I get a little bit uh, guilty feeling. Good point. Well, to encourage you folks, because that is a good point, these are obviously going to get thrown on the ice. It's going to take us time to pick them up. They're going to get wet. They're going to get a little bit dirty. Uh, I do think they, they will launder them, but again, we're hopefully talking somewhere in the neighborhood of 15,000-plus uh, teddy bears to mitigate some of that. Uh, if you have the foresight to wrap your bear in some sort of plastic bag oh. or something before you throw it, that's a very uh, helpful step, and we would encourage you to do so. Plug holes in the plastic, though. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. just for ventilation. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're also, you can throw them further, I think, when they're wrapped up like that. I've had some really, really embarrassing throws from the booth. And it's... Really disgraceful. Are you going to toss on Wednesday? I usually bring something up there, and again, you want... Not, not me, right? You can throw. No, no, I meant you're not going to toss me. No, 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 yeah. I wouldn't get any any airtime with you. It's you calling you, me chubby, solid, <laughs> <laughs> stout. Well, I've tried. I've I've thrown the teddy bears of the flimsier variety, and they do like two somersaults and fall in row eleven. That's not what you're looking for. So then you look for something a little heavier that has a little bit of carry to it. But then you're pelting someone in the back of the head with, you know, a. a, a fluffy brick. I mean, that's not what you want to do either. So uh, do what's right for you, but don't uh, bring anything with you that's going to be a flying uh, assault weapon. Don't do that. There we go. No uh, Hess trucks. Stuffed we'll animals do, only. We'll do the Vegas Golden Knights uh, organization and the influence of the World Junior Hockey Championship after this break as we continue on Nighttime at Noon along with Brian McCormick. I'm Darren Millard in Fox Sports Las Vegas and Nighttime Plus. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knight fans in need of some new gear for the next game, show your VGK spirit by visiting one of the Vegas Golden Knights official team stores, the Armory, located at T-Mobile Arena, the Arsenal at City National Arena, right downstairs from us. If we drilled a hole through the floor of Studio 31, we'd end up right in uh, the uh, Arsenal. Or the livery at Lifeguard Arena, uh, no longer Lifeguard Arena, America First. America First Thank Center. you. Uh, and the salary at the Dollar Loan Center. Get the most exclusive gear. Visit our website at VegasTeamStore.com or social media at Vegas uh, VGK Gear uh, to get the latest updates and the gear. See, I self-corrected there. That was good. Right, during the segment. I didn't even need you during the commercial break to show only uh, to here, tell me how much of an idiot I am. only here for Henderson-based quality control. They just bring me in once a month just to update <laughs> everything live. I, Nick Waugh scores on the power play last night, but he scores on a breakaway on a beautiful feed from Ben Hutton. Uh, Dives across the line. I just, they did it the other night against Calgary as well with a give and go between Mark Stone and Jack Eichel. It's a power play. You're used to them coming through and setting up and uh, working the sideboards or getting to the bumper, but uh, but zone, zone time and zone possession. This on the power play is very different uh, by working a bit of a stretch pass and sending a player in all alone. 
I love the aggressiveness of what the Vegas Golden Knights are taking advantage of through their pre-scouts, uh, obviously, and uh, recognizing a weakness. And Bruce Cassidy did mention it was something they specifically saw, and they said, all right, let's see if we can find an opening for that. What stands out to me is it's become so common, and it's a copycat league in a million different ways, but how many power plays do you see these days that don't principally have someone carried out of the defensive zone, get to the red line, drop it back, and everyone's stacked up along the blue line waiting for that second wave? Well, if you beat them with that first pass like Ben Hutton does, you've got three guys flat-footed, and there was nobody moving to turn and go with, with Nick Wass. Because so, I mean, the defenders in the neutral zone are expecting that drop pass, so there's a bit of uh, passiveness on their part, too. It's like a trap in many ways. Yeah. and then, So you do that, you take that first four-checker completely out of the equation, uh, and then you've got three guys flat-footed, and there's nobody who's going to be a turn and go with Nick Waugh who's, who's fast to, to begin with. So, you know, I, I think, I'm curious if, there's no reason not to see more of that, not just from the VGK, but from teams in general. Nick Waugh comes off the wall, he shoots a, a post route, if you will, and if you put the puck in the right place, you're going to have pretty much a dead-even foot race from the blue line in, and if you've got someone like Nick Waugh, you know, multiple players on each roster, you've got someone fast enough to win that foot race. And if you can execute that, why wouldn't you, as opposed to going down the path of setting up uh, with possession and uh, and working your power play? It's just, just as good as zone people on it. You don't score on that rebound. You're probably getting the puck back anyway, and you're going to set up that anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, World Junior Preview. Uh, it starts on December 26th, uh, which is Boxing Day uh, in Canada. I don't know why I feel the need to mention that. Uh, the gold medal game will be played on January 5th. And Vegas has uh, three players involved uh, with prospects uh, Sweden, uh, Czechia, and Finland. David Enstrom will play for... Uh, team Sweden, uh, opportunity for him to get his uh, feet wet at the World Junior level. Yep, first round pick for the Golden Knights in 2023. Uh, Swedish Elite League with Frölunda, 10 points in 25 games, pretty good numbers for a guy his age. Uh, so excited to see what he does on, on that stage. Uh, and so I'm really excited to see in this uh, tournament that Will Nickel raves about all the time is Matthias Sapovalov. And part of it is because of just how good he was on this stage with Czechia last year. So it's third year, against, right, at the World Junior I believe it's his third, yeah. yeah. And, and, and principally against Connor Bedard. Uh, as you a don't see players hole. play three World Junior Championships. So uh, he was way ahead of the curve and should be in a position to really uh, influence the play. Yeah, absolutely. And again, last year as, as a shutdown forward did such a good job at it. And Will Nichols said this on this show a couple of weeks ago when I was doing it with Justin Russo. Um one of the interesting things about the World Juniors is sometimes you see the utilization of players in the World Juniors kind of gives you an idea of where they're going to line up when they're NHL players. Mm-hmm. So for Matias Sapovalov, we saw him in a shutdown role, terrific at it, and what they love about him is his two-way ability. Against Connor Bedard, right? Yeah. yeah. But now, another year older, three years of experience now in this tournament, what extra facet can he add now and maybe take over a little bit more on the other end? The Connor Bedard note is yours. I don't want to make it sound like I... Absolutely volunteered that with my expertise, but uh, but that was yours, and I want to make sure that uh, that it was clarified uh, as your knowledge. And then there's uh, Ardu Karki, one of the great names in the organization right now. Yeah, and uh, playing with uh, Sault Ste. Marie in the uh, OHL, and a point per game, if I'm not mistaken, on the back end. Quick look up. Uh, 30 points in 30 games, right? 30 points in 30 games and 16 goals from the blue line in his first OHL mm-hmm. season. Uh, so R2 Karki, who was a, a third-rounder last summer, uh, making it look pretty easy in the OHL and uh, going to play a big role on a uh, a Finland team that, that's always so steady, it feels like, in the World Juniors. It feels like like you always get a, a very solid 
tough-to-put-away Finnish team. Finland is uh, Canada, too. Yeah. Like if in, in, you know, in sliding uh, events, uh, bobsled or whatever, they have Canada 1 or USA 1, USA 2, USA 3. Finland is basically uh, Canada 2. It's very similar uh, how they, they approach the game and uh, and uh, are, are so dialed into a, a lot of the basic levels of the sport. Sweden's uh, uh, almost a hybrid of top-end skill and, and beautiful work ethic. Yeah. I, well, I'll tell you, I'm just... I always love this tournament every year because it's so much fun. It's a very brief window in the schedule. Not that you're still not working and doing your NHL homework, but there's a couple of days without NHL. Oh, I hockey. mail it in. I mail it in on the homework side <laughs> and dial right into the World Junior stuff. It opens up the window broad, and you know we'll see. Obviously, there's conversations going on if we're going to get NHL talent back in Olympic play in, in the years to come. But you know this is, I think, probably the closest you get to a true best-on-best best tournament for its age group. Uh, and, of course, the draft uh, implications as well, always on full display at the World Juniors. Macklin Celebrini is going to be on the mm-hmm. Canadian team. So really well, fun Canada did days. get a, a player back from the National Hockey League, right? From Boston. Patra. Yeah. Patra's yeah. in the mix now. I think that, that, I don't know if that happened today or, or yesterday, but that is new, yes. Just wanted to make uh, you... Say Matthew Patra. Yeah, because I, I know I know we had a discussion about uh, about the pronunciation there, Patra, uh, but uh, it looks much different. And then you hear different people say it around the league, and it seems to have its own uh, version, evolution. Yeah, <laughs> so that you go through it. Uh, so I, I love the expertise uh, coming from uh, Brian McCormick uh, from the Henderson Silver Knights. So uh, what are you doing for the rest of the day, pal? Well, we've got a meeting here, I think, and then uh, the Silver Knights have a couple of community initiatives, so doing a little bit of shopping, jumping around different stores, and uh, trying to get everything squared away before Lucky Launch on Wednesday. Do you feel better now than you did when you walked into the building at uh, 11.15-ish? Yes. Yes, you've put me at ease. Usually talking to you helps. This is my therapy for the week. Mm -hmm. Usually when I'm stressed or I'm, I'm running around a little bit, I'm a little confused in between, my wife just says, go talk to Darren. So we talk about coach firings and uh, power play breakaways, and I'm good. You, you go through you go through coach firings, you automatically feel better about yourself because <laughs> it's not you. Because it's not you. <laughs> yeah. So there's 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 that uh, self uh, fulfilling uh, confidence that that comes from that that, that you're still going. And that it's was a, the big. It's news. introspective too, though. I just think like, am I? Uh, well, my systems are okay. <laughs> I'm sticking, I'm sticking to my structure. Uh, Henderson uh, has really uh, got things going on the right track right now yeah. at the end of that road trip. Really, really tough stretch through uh, late November, early December, but this five-game road trip, three straight wins, uh, tough wins in Ontario and San Diego. Uh, game things started in San Jose as, as well, and now three home games before the Christmas break with lucky launch against Coachella, which is the defending Western Conference champion, and then two against San Jose. So things turning in the right direction, uh, and you're – Best players playing like best players, including uh, ageless wonder Adam Cracknell, who has seven goals in his last well, nine Well, he kind of kick-started the, the hot streak. Yep, he had a hat trick last week in San Jose, and that was uh, a team that was having a hard time scoring. Adam Cracknell scored three, and uh, no trouble scoring anymore. Ted. Ted, the teddy bear on our set today. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I expected more from you. Kind of just didn't, sat didn't, there. Yeah, didn't really volunteer much. Didn't launch anything. Zero. Yeah. Uh, didn't. Ins- well, I guess he inspired a little bit, but he didn't verbally. He didn't even wear the jersey. I had to wear the jersey. Yeah. Useless. It's a good looking jersey. Brady Hackmeister and the team did that. Brady Hackmeister and Austin Zima, I think, played a big role yeah. in this too. So, 
In-game auction Wednesday, Vegas 34. Make sure you're tuned in and uh, auction details on SilverKnights.com. HendersonSilverKnights.com. Awesome. And uh, what are we going to do when they're cleaning up and tidying up and gathering all the stuffed animals during Card that game, broadcast? Maybe. Card game? Yeah. Find hard names to pronounce. Sequence. There you go. <laughs> Ever play sequence? No. All the sh that'll be two days before Christmas, or, or no, but uh, five days before. All, th all the shopping I haven't done, I'll do it then. <laughs> we got to fly.